Welcome to Grad School, the Bruce Gradkowski Podcast. Upping your football knowledge, class is now in session. The NFL Draft 2018, we can't wait, it's getting close. I'm excited, we have a special draft preview for you. Bringing back Sam Darnold, Chris Sims, uh, Joe Thomas on his draft story. A lot of good things. Um, and I'm excited for it. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, bgradkowski5, uh, because I will be uh, analyzing each pick as they come through the NFL draft. I want to keep an eye on these quarterbacks. I've been I've been studying them, watching them come out, and we'll see what happens. And number one with Cleveland Browns, what do they do? Where do they go? There's been a lot of buzz that do they try and get Baker Mayfield? I hear about Josh Allen and John Dorsey, the general manager for the Cleveland Browns. He traded up last year in the NFL draft to get the biggest arm in the draft with Patrick Mahomes. Does he do it again this year? And and he doesn't have to trade up, but he has the number one overall pick, and he goes with Josh Allen. I think they're absolutely insane if they pass up on Sam Darnold. You have a competitor, a winner, available for you at number one that you do not you do not let this opportunity slip by you had a chance to get Carson Wentz last year you had a chance to get Deshaun Watson do not let it happen again Cleveland don't let it happen I mean it doesn't affect me none but Joe Thomas Andrew Hawkins the Tomahawk show you guys will have a lot to talk about after that number one pick but make sure you guys tune in because I will be Engaged with the NFL draft. I hope something crazy happens. I think if Sam Darnold goes number one, the Giants at number two, they will not pick a quarterback. I don't think they'll go with Josh Allen or Josh Rosen. Um, I think they'll go with a different position. Now, if Cleveland ends up passing on Sam Darnold and gets Josh Allen, I think the Giants will be all over Sam Darnold. Because you know what? Pat Shermer... He knows what he's doing. You know why? Because he was at my pro day. He was at the combine. I met with him and Andy Reid. The guy knows what he's doing, even though he didn't draft me. But um, I was a six-rounder, six-rounder. That was an exciting day. But all things aside, I'm excited for these young men. They put a lot of time and hard work and effort into this, a lot of long days and nights, a lot of mentally uh, stressed times that you have to go through interviews you're preparing your body your mind uh, to to handle these interviews and now it's a time to step back enjoy the work that you've put in and enjoy this process I think also Logan Woodside he will be a surprise in this draft look for him to go earlier than expected I think the teams the coaches they understand when they watch these guys Who's good on the football field? We go through these uh, all-star games, the combine, the pro days, but at the end of the day, don't lose sight of what guys do on the football field. And you know who balls out on the football field? Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold, he's a winner, Baker Mayfield. These guys get it done in between the lines. When the whistle blows, they get it done. Lamar Jackson, he's going to be a guy to keep an eye on. The thing that disappointed me about him was just his progress from the combine to his pro day, his footwork. But I'm still high on the guy. I think he's got a ton of upside. He can make 
magnificent plays, and with the right coach and the right system, he is going to be a force in the NFL. Believe me when I tell you that. So tune in. Make sure you tune in and follow me on Twitter. Get back to me with any questions or comments. It's going to be exciting. I'm so excited for these young men. It's going to be a fun time. And also the fans, baby. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy this time. Let's get rowdy with it on Twitter, social media. Let's see a lot go down. Uh, but it's going to be fun. So um, today I have a special treat for you. I'm going to bring in Sam Darnold, Chris Sims, and Joe Thomas talking about uh, what they've been through. So right now we're going to hear from none other than Chris Sims about the draft in these quarterbacks. Talking about these college kids coming out, I mean, what? Yeah. Is, how do you evaluate these guys? Because I know Darnold's not one of your top guys, but I like the guy, and I think I right. just I like him though because I feel some of that Ben type stuff, and I feel like nowadays in the NFL, I'd want a guy behind center that. Hey, I know I'm not going to always call the correct play, but man, you got to help me out make a play. And I kind of feel like Darnold brings that, but what's the process for evaluating these guys? Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, uh, you know, I got a great setup with film and I just, I try to watch five games and then I watch cutups of third down passes, clutch drives, interceptions, all their touchdowns. I try to go through all of that. And you know, th- this is the problem I fall into with this whole business in general. I like Sam Darnold, too. I think he's a top 20 pick. Yeah. But for some reason, you know, if you don't say he's number one, then, oh, man, you're a hater on Sam <laughs> right. Darnold. Right. No, I mean, I like, I like all these guys. I really do. I, but they all have flaws, too. And I'm with you. I see some of those things that you're saying, like Sam Darnold with the Big Ben stuff. But the problem is, is I see them always against teams like Arizona and Arizona State, who I don't think have one NFL player on their front seven. And I don't see it against Ohio State and Notre Dame or other talented teams. The Pac-12 stunk. And that's where I just fall into line of this, where Darnold, he's still young. He does still have time to grow. I saw him in person because I do pregame and halftime for Notre Dame on NBC Sports. So USC came to Notre Dame this year. I'm not in love with his body. Um, I'm, he's a good thrower of the football, but he's not a special thrower of the football. Right. I just think out of the five quarterbacks, I just looked at it like this. There was nothing that I could say he does the best out of those five. He's got very quick feet, but I thought he was the worst within the pocket. I thought he's the worst within the pocket as a thrower. And then he led college football in turnovers. And I saw a number of other dropped interceptions. So I'm not sitting here trying to jump on Sam Darnold because there's a lot of playmaking and off-schedule stuff and great throws he does make from the pocket. I understand that. But I'm just saying I think what I saw concerned me. I don't know if it will definitely translate to the NFL. And it certainly doesn't scream number one or number two definite pick in the draft. I think that's one of the things – where I've just said a lot throughout this process, like, listen, I get it. This kid's really good. But one of the weirdest things to me in the draft right now is that Sam Darnold's a slam dunk number one and number two. And, and people can go back and look at my history. I'm pretty good at evaluating the quarterbacks. I've been pretty spot on for about the last five or six years. 
Well, you definitely got an eye for talent. I mean, it, and you care. Like the one thing I know about you, whether you, you, you know, Philly Sims. Yeah, whether fe- I'm right or not. You're right. right. Yeah. yeah. Rather, yeah. whether Phil Sims fed you with a silver spoon, you put in the work and you work your ass off. So when when I hear you talking about the guy, these guys, I definitely listen. I'm like, oh man, that's a good point. Like you always bring up good points. And when I, so I went to Darnold's pro day and Josh Allen, cause I was like, I want to see these guys in person. You know, I was watching them. Good on for film, you. I saw, I saw your big bald head there. I saw you at Josh Allen's. I don't know if I saw you at Darnold's, but good for you. You, you see it, you know, I'm networking my man. I'm, I'm out there. So not knowing what I'm going to do, but I'm talking to Pat Shermer, Hugh Jackson. I'm sitting right. with Troy Aikman during, um, Darnold's workout. And it was impressive, you know, throwing in the rain. I thought his footwork did look good. He does have quick feet, got lined up to his right. target. You're right. He does evacuate the pocket too soon, you know, in games. But so I left, I left Darnold's pro day and I wasn't like blown away where I'm like, man, this is my number one. This is my number one, you know? And I was like, man, we're talking about a number one overall pick. I I should, I should see more. So I was excited to see Allen a few days later and Allen's got the size. I mean, the dude is freakish uh, the way he throws the ball downfield. But then I'm watching, it was like kind of 10 throws in. And to me, there was just something in me that was like, I'm taking Darnold over Allen because okay, I, I just felt like Darnold's sense of urgency when he was throwing the routes or when Jordan Palmer was having him do a scramble, drill, and throw, it was more lifelike than Josh yeah. Allen. I felt like he was like, man, let me show you this bomb. And we'd all be like, Oh, you know, right? And it was right. and yeah. it was beautiful. And I think Josh Allen has a ton of upside, but I guess what I were what I wonder as I'm trying to like see this too is how do you even know? I mean, are scouts looking more at I can turn this guy into something because he's has the physical tools, or do I want someone that already has most of it? When you're talking about like a top pick. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, that's a great question. I think a lot of teams, you know, deal with that. And, and to me, this is what I always look at. The first round is about eliteness, right? You've got to do something elite to be drafted in the first round. You might not always be the well, most well-rounded guy, but if you're a pass rusher and you have elite get-off off the edge or you have elite size or length or, you know, for a corner, he's got elite straightaway speed, whatever it may be, that's what the first round is all about. So I do – Error on drafting on potential a little bit to a degree. You might take a little more chance. That's why you see more bust in the first round, really, because they go, well, this guy could be a star, but there are things we worry about in his game, and that could happen. The quarterback position, you know, it it depends a little bit on the team itself, too, right now. That's where I think this is an interesting conversation all this, this year. You know, where you are in your lifeline of your team. Listen, I look at Sam Darnold as a project a little bit just like Josh Allen. There's some raw things I think we can both agree on that he could probably sit behind an Eli Manning, right. and he's a young kid at 20 years old, and it will help him uh, when he finally does get in there at 22 or 23, whenever it may be. So, uh, again, I, I guess what you got to look at is just the balance of it of going, okay, what's his ceiling, where's his floor at, and does he fit within our scheme and what we want to do offensively around that? And I think those are the things you've got to figure out when you're an offensive coordinator or a scout in a scouting department. Those are the things I, I know I was taught a little bit in New England. And, you know, I, I guess uh, what, 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 I, what I would go to more than anything at the end of the day is just pure physical ability 
uh, with the fact that knowing that, okay, I'm not going physical ability and this guy is a total knucklehead and horrible decision maker. Like, you know, the one thing, let's just talk about Josh Allen. The one thing you constantly hear, you know, oh, completion percentage. Right, right. right. I'm, I'm so sick of that conversation. I mean, if you watch the games in context and watch them fully through, you're going to realize that Sam Darnold gets about 10 completions or Baker Mayfield get 10 completions a game where they don't have to throw the ball past the line of scrimmage and they can go 10 for 10 for 90 yards on screens. Right, and right. You watch, five at five, you watch five games of Josh Allen and you're lucky if you'll see five screens. Right. So I think that right there is 10 percentage points on your completion at the end of the day. So are we going to really knock down Josh Allen for that? I understand there's other things to be raw about, too, and concerned about. I get all that. It's a great conversation. But to me, too, those are like media storylines that people I go, well, if that's their only main point to argue about this or whatever it may be, um, I don't like that. And I don't think I like that the whole process, we judge certain players to one thing. Like I always hear that with Sam Darnold too. Oh, he's really good. His team was so overmatched in the Notre Dame and Ohio State game, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. But then I could go to Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, and nobody wants to give them that same benefit of the doubt. And, I'm, and right. again, I'm not trying to hate on, Josh, uh, on Sam Darnold. I'm just pointing out that there's like – we hold people accountable in different areas for some reason. And then another quarterback will just go, ah, oh, we don't care. We're not going to hold that one accountable for that. Yeah, no, it's, inc- it, it is insane how that go, how that is. I mean, cause you, we could sit here, like even I shoot videos on my Twitter of these quarterbacks. I could find a bad video about all of them. I could find right. an exceptional video on all of them. So it's like exactly. how the media wants to portray it, you know, but I think you made a key point in, in a roundabout way there's so many variables that go into like being successful as a quarterback. I mean, right. We look at these and that's why I hate like the list of quarterbacks and and we all throw them out there and stuff. But honestly, man, it's like it's like going to a good situation with a good team, a good coach. That's right. I mean, I think like I I see you got Josh Rosen it too and I like Josh Rosen. I mean, the dude is smart as anything. Everything I hear about yeah. this guy, he's so smart. I mean, he's probably the most ready to play right now. And I right. wor- I worried about him just durability wise, but what's yeah, your... me too. That's what that's the knock. I'm with you. You know, and what do you where do you think he falls? I mean, is I mean, are you so Rosen? I mean, that was my thing with durability. I mean, guys say, do you love it? Does he love the game? Does he not? I mean, I think we're reaching sometimes. You know, I mean, you have to love it enough. Uh, but what's right. your thought on Rosen as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I think the off the field stuff. Listen, I have enough trust. You know, you know, I have enough trusted friends, coaches, and front office that, you know, there is some legitimate concerns about his attitude. And I trust some yeah. of the people that told me that go. Just you know, hey, listen, they just go. He's not a great guy. He's not my kind of guy. So right. I do think there's going to be some teams that are like the personality, and then some that are not gonna. But as far as the on the field stuff, I mean, I think you said it right. Like. He's the most polished and ready to go right now. And if he, had a, if he has pass protection and he has a system around him, he can be surgical because he is extremely accurate. He's got great timing and rhythm. I think his arm is stronger than people give it credit for. But within the same vein, you're right. In 2018, he lacks like the average athleticism you need at the quarterback position for a third and five scramble. I don't know if he can get six yards in the NFL and get a first down on third down. It's going to be close. Right. You know? Nor 
you know, you talk about the durability thing. A lot of the times you look at and the big hits he takes, I go, well, damn, he just wasn't athletic enough to get the hell out of the way and not take the big hit. <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, so that it is. That's the big concern with him. So, yes, he could be surgical in the right system with pass protection and receivers, but the negative to me would be if, you, if, if let's say, you lost both of your tackles for five weeks and your number one receiver was out. I think also out of the five quarterbacks, He's the least likely to be able to carry his team just through his physical gifts. Yeah. You know, yeah. with the other guys, we, I think we all see they have a little bit of a street ball edge to them where, oh, you know, they might be able to make a number of plays a game as the protection's not good or people aren't getting open because they have that physical ability. So that's how I look at Josh Rosen more than anything. I think he's going to end up with the Jets at number three. Um, but I, I'm, I'm with you. My concerns are the same concerns you have. Yeah. Now, and then an interesting guy, too, and he's unbelievable to watch is Lamar Jackson. And, and I, I, you know, I was high on the guy, and I'm frustrate, frustrated right now because I watch this, you know, combine, and I watch his pro day. Dude, his footwork looked worse at his pro day. I'm watching him take a three-step drop, hitching up in the pocket yeah. to throw a slant. Is he uh -huh. not? Is he not surrounded by like the right people? A coach? Do you think the agent type, the agent matters to hire one? Like, what's the deal with him? Yeah, I, I think that is the biggest issue with Lamar Jackson. I mean, what have we had positive to talk about Lamar Jackson since the season ended? I mean, nothing. Right. His mom's his agent. One of his good friends that he grew up with in Florida is training him. Teams can't get in contact with him. Michael Vick can't get in contact with him. I know a number of coaches that had issues getting in contact with him. He doesn't run the 40, which isn't just would have been, again, I don't need to see Lamar Jackson run the 40. I can tell you he's one of the fastest <laughs> right. guys in the draft. Right. I saw him run around Derwin James and Bradley Chubb and you know Clemson. I mean, if you can run for 70-yard touchdowns against Clemson, you can run against anybody. I don't care <laughs> right. who that is. Yep. But – but again, it would have been nice if he ran the 40 just again so we all could have gone, man, this guy's some special athlete. But instead we're going, ah, he's so raw, and we don't know what to think of him off the field. And I'm with you. I mean, you know, neither the combine or his pro day were nearly as impressive throwing the ball as you see sometimes on film when you go, ooh, wow, that ball was spinning and had some velocity on it. That was impressive. Right. So there's rawness to his football game, certainly. And there's some throws he misses in every game where I go, man, that should be a slam dunk throw at college, NFL, whatever level it is. And But then there's five or six throws every game where I go, damn, there's only like five or six throw people in the NFL that can make that throw. Right. And I also look at it like this. I don't, in the last two years, every game I watched in Louisville, Lamar Jackson was the best player on the field. And I just think... In the NFL, we've seen this story before, whether it's Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, Dak Prescott. Oh, I don't know. There's some flaws with their mechanics. Can they be consistent throwers? Well, when they get out of the 20-hour rule in the NCAA and they're in the NFL environment, like you and I just talked about with Gruden, where you have somebody on your ass on a right. daily basis for 10 hours a day, I think some of those mechanical issues will get fixed because he's a great athlete and he's a natural thrower of the football. But, yeah, he's just going out there trying to get it done every day. He doesn't really have any mechanics to fall back on. That's how I kind of look at it. Yeah, and that is, man, because I was on uh, Good Morning Football not too long ago, and I was like, I can't believe we're even talking about this guy playing receiver. Lamar Jackson's a right. quarterback. Look what he has done. It's, it's unbelievable. Just because he's the most gifted athlete coming out in the draft – we're going to say he has to play receiver. But then after that, I'm like, come on, my man, help yourself out. You know, I'm I'm right. having your back. 
I'll come help you train to be a quarterback. You don't have to pay me. I just want to see these young kids take advantage of this opportunity. And, right. you know, so that's where I was kind of a little disappointed of his off-field stuff, but his film doesn't lie. And then I guess lastly is uh, Baker Mayfield. I mean, I, and uh, just getting your thoughts on him. Yeah, I mean, Baker, I, again, another guy I really like. I like all these guys. I mean, like we talked about, I mean, I think I, for me, all five quarterbacks are top 20 picks. I, I know yeah. Lamar Jackson's a, a project. I get that. But, man, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, he goes to Cincinnati. He goes to the Los Angeles Chargers and maybe gets to sit behind an Andy Dalton or Philip Rivers for a year or two. Watch out. That's going to be the perfect situation. Wow. But yep. getting, getting, yeah, but getting back to like a Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, a great thrower of the football uh, he's got very consistent mechanics. He never really loses control of the football. Now he gets to throw to a lot of open receivers. That's what's hard about evaluating him. My old conference, the Big 12, it sucks. I mean, it's like a flag <laughs> football conference. Yeah. I mean, they don't play defense, right? I mean, you know it. I mean, all soft. I, I, I they're, not, those... they're not like the Western PA guys. They're all soft over there. Hey, listen, I'm not going to – you're right. I mean, I don't think the Big 12 in toughness category is even in the same – stratosphere is like the sec acc or big 10 right now and of course you know we're not talking about any big 12 defensive players in the first round of the draft has anybody noticed that i mean we're not right. we're literally not talking about anybody so that just says a lot too but either way uh he is he's good in the pocket he can create some plays size is a little bit of an issue because i don't think he's overall like athletic enough like a russell wilson who people compare him to a lot of times to where i'm just going to go oh yeah, he's going to escape the pocket, uh, you know, against Von Miller and turn the edge and throw the ball down the field 40 yards. No, he's not that kind of athlete, but he's a good athlete. But I do worry about his size a little bit in games where teams can keep him in the pocket, like you saw right. in Georgia in the second half, where it didn't look like he played a little bit small in those situations. But other than that, uh, there's not a whole lot of negative for me to talk about with Baker Mayfield, and I know off-the-field stuff is just rave reviews. You, you can't find a person who doesn't like him. Well, and he, he's an alpha dog. I mean, he's the type of guy you actually want in your huddle, on your yeah. sideline, in your locker room. I mean, right. I know – I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. If he's the, our kind of guy. He's yeah. our kind of guy. Yeah. yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns tried to find a way to get him. But, like, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. But – I was also with Mayfield. I, I, like you said, he is. He's super accurate, efficient. I worry about his size because his footwork, to me, he's not really explosive out of the pocket, you know, right. to get, like, depth. And, and that's where it was kind of, like, a little alarming. But I'm I'm a fan of him, his as well. Yeah, I'm with you. Though. I know, I know. You're right. I mean, his – again, like we're seeing with all these guys. I mean, nobody gets to play into the center anymore. So, the adjustment – yeah, he doesn't even know how to get back and drive back out of the center when he takes a snap that way. Right. And those are things that, yeah, he'll, he'll certainly have to uh, learn on. You're right, because he's not going to be able to take three-step drops the way he did in that pro day because he'll, have, and he'll definitely have some coaches holding up some bags because he's going to have every ball batted <laughs> down ever he throws. <laughs> yeah, right. Man, that's great insight. That's great stuff. And these interviews were exciting. You know, I've just gotten started with the podcast. It's taken off on fire. People love it, and I appreciate you guys. Thank you. I'm at Social Gastro Pub, the restaurant, holding it down. Anytime you want, come by and see me. Answer questions on Twitter, Instagram, whatever whatever you have it. Just let me know. Um, and next, let, let, let's listen to Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas has an awesome draft story. 
I love this guy. I think he's put a lot of work and time into his craft and his career. He's had a great career, over 10,000 uh, career snaps in a row. That's insane. And, and this year he just retired. The guy has done a fantastic job. He now has the Tomahawk Show. They're doing a good job. And um, But Joe Thomas, great guy, humble. And those are the, the, the stories you like to see. I think when he came out with the NFL draft, he worked his tail off, not sure what pick he was going to be, and he was a top pick. You know, and, and we want to tune in now to listen as he talks about his draft story. Well, I think teams should have noticed that as you came out for the combine because I remember you talking about just getting ready for the combine and the draft process. Yeah, you were listed as a top 10 prospect, and I, I remember hearing you say going into the combine, you didn't think of yourself like that because you heard so many times of guys having that, you know, thoughts, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a top five pick or t- top ten, and then they drop out of the first round. What was your mindset being getting all that hype going into the draft? Well, I was raised to be humble, and that's a lot uh, to do with my parents and then also my coaches when I was a kid and my experience at Wisconsin in college. So it was easy for me to go in there and not get a big head. Um, I think also my agent was really good at sort of helping prepare me, but also letting me make sure that I didn't get a big head about where I was potentially getting drafted. But also my own mentality about the draft was that this was just the start of a process. Because to me, I think guys get too hyped up in the draft. Yeah, everyone dreams about playing in the NFL as a kid. Right. And it's and it's a big moment, but really for me, that was just sort of the, the beginning of my career. And it wasn't something to be – overly celebrated yeah you want to make as much money as you can be drafted as high as you can get drafted into the right situation but for me the pride of what is my NFL career going to look like I wanted to have that great NFL career I wanted to have the Hall of Fame career so draft day wasn't anything more than just finding out where my journey yeah. was going to start, and and I think that's a lot why I decided not to go to the draft. You know, yeah. Tell us about that fishing I, trip. I decided to just take a day and go fishing with my dad, like I'd done for hundreds of Saturdays before that. Take that time with my family before things got crazy, because I didn't see the draft as the end of the journey. Yeah, you know, a lot cool. of guys you see uh, in the in the combine in those meetings before the draft, they say, I've never worked so hard in my life. Like, I'm so excited about draft day. I'm so excited about training. This is the most important thing that's ever happened to me in my life. And to me, that's actually a big, big red flag. Yeah, a yeah. guy that says, my four years in college weren't important enough for me to really sell out and give everything I have. <laughs> wow, but all of a sudden, I've got some money on the line. Right. I'm going to give my greatest now effort. Now, now it's really important that I'm going to try hard and like start eating right and training the right way. But right. when when it was just football and my teammates' livelihoods were on the line, it wasn't that important to me. So for me, it was like, I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing well, in grad college. School. Right there, yeah. That's grad school, I, that's grad school I, I, right there. That's next level type. I, like, for me, it was, I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing in college. I'm going to keep training at Wisconsin, and the draft is just going to tell me where the beginning of my journey is going to be. So I wasn't the guy that wanted to be on stage celebrating the draft because it wasn't that big of a deal to me. The, my football career was the most important thing in my in my life. Now, when did you find out, like, where you got drafted and, and when? So for me, I found out when I was on the boat, actually, because one of the requirements for my agent when I told him I was going to go fishing was you have to be in cell contact. Yeah. <laughs> because actually, a number of years ago, there was a player that had deceased before the draft, and one of the teams didn't know about it. I want to say this was like the 60s or 70s. Wow. 
And the team didn't know about it because back in those days there wasn't internet, there wasn't right. cell phones. So they had no idea. So they drafted a, a player that actually had died. And obviously that was a big mistake. And so teams want to make sure that you're still alive, that <laughs> your status hasn't changed, you haven't been arrested since right. the last time they talked to you. Because a lot of guys, after they finish their combine prep, they finish their pro day prep, all of a sudden now they're like, okay, the hay's in the barn. I'm going to go celebrate a little bit, right? So they're back right. home with their boys. They're going out. They're making bad decisions sometimes. And they're going to get arrested like the mm-hmm. night before the draft. And all of a sudden now you have a potential felony conviction on your record that a team doesn't know about. So a bottom line is the team wants to call you and talk to you before they draft you, like seconds before they draft you, right. to make sure that you're not injured that you haven't been arrested and that you're still alive. Not in jail. Right. Because <laughs> like, I'll, I'll call you from a collect yeah, 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 number. Right? Just make sure you answer. <laughs> so, so they want to be able to talk to you. So that was the requirement. Hey, you have to have a cell phone on the boat. So we actually had a radio that we were able to find the draft on yeah. when we were on the boat. And I had my old school flip phone. I think it was like a Motorola flip phone. <laughs> nice. And I was ready. So the Browns, dra- the Browns called me, Phil Savage, Romeo Cornell. They called me. They said, hey – we want to draft you. We're from the Cleveland Browns. And I said, that's awesome. I'm so excited. So as soon as I got drafted, the other requirement was you have to quit your fishing trip, no matter how good the fish are biting, get back to shore and get ready to head to Cleveland. Because as you guys know, the day you get drafted, you get brought into the city that drafts you. You do a press conference. I actually don't know. Okay. All right. For, <laughs> yeah, for those of us that got don't. drafted, <laughs> yeah. all right, maybe, maybe you guys don't know, but the top guys <laughs> get brought into the city. You hold up the jersey especially if you weren't in new york you do your press conference and then you get ready to like start working almost immediately you go home for a couple days but you're right back out with rookie mini camp and otas and really the the season begins i know about that the day you get drafted (laughs) now there's no way with the draft being this close that we don't bring back sam darnold i think this guy this guy is my number one pick my number one quarterback. I don't pass on this guy if I have the opportunity because, number one, I think he's a competitor. I think he's a winner. He knows how to win. And I think you have to go with this guy if you're Cleveland. And we will soon find out. But this is some of the exciting conversations I've had with Sam Darnold, and I want to share it with you guys. So tune in, listen in, and let's get ready for this NFL draft and listen to what Sam Darnold has to say. What was your focus like right after college and you started working with Jordan? What did you really want to focus on or what did Jordan kind of really start talking to you guys about? Right. So, so we break, what we did was we broke it down into three categories. It's physically, mentally, and emotionally, uh, how we want to get better. And for me, physically, I, I just really needed to work on bringing my hips through. Um, working on my hips, which was, you know, I did a great job with that. Um, or I should say Ryan Flaherty and um, Drew Marcos did a great job with that. My, my physical therapist and my trainer, um, they did a great job, you know, opening up my hips, getting them stronger, all that stuff. And then me and Jordan were able to just kind of talk about it um, because it was interesting. I know, obviously, you mentioned being in Cincinnati, um, you know, having having Carson there. He always talks about um, how me and Carson kind of have the same um, – hip delivery i guess you could say um, yeah. in terms of not not really being able to open our hips up and using a lot of arm and a lot of core right um, so i think i think you know with him knowing carson's um i guess inability to really open his hips up um he's really stressed that to me is man if you can 
if you can do this and take the stress off your arm, you might be able to play, you know, two, three more years, which in your case or in Carson's case might mean, you know, a lot more money. So, um, so it's just, it's those little things being able to open up my hips more and learning how to fire them. That's what we worked on on the physical, physical side. Um, and then mentally just getting on the board. I mean, there's, there's so much stuff that's different, um, from college stuff that I haven't learned in college. That's, um, there's different in the NFL. I mean, I might've learned the same stuff in college, but I, I need to, you know, learn a whole new language. And, um, I think that was, that might've been, you know, kind of my, the hardest part for me this off season, but I definitely think I grew a lot, um, in regards to that. And I think Jordan, um, really, really helped with that. Um, and then, you know, we were able to talk with, you know, guys like Philip Rivers and, I know Deshaun Watson came down for a couple of days and we were able to talk to him and um, the short career that he's had so far, just one year in the NFL and how much he's learned. Um, so it's just, it's, it's little things like that. Just talking to guys who have been there, who have done that. Um, and then a guy like Jordan, who's there to kind of guide you throughout the whole, whole thing. It's, it's pretty awesome. Like me, me, Josh and Kyle Allen, who was also there with us. Um, we talk about it a lot, just, how fortunate we are to have the coaching that we have in Jordan, um, right, right. and how and how and how willing he is to you know be able to talk to us on a daily basis. And you know he you know he would say that um, he learns just as just as much, if not more, from us than we learn from him. Um, so I mean, he wants to learn, like you just said, he wants to continue to learn and get better from us. Um, and he wants to learn how to coach, and he wants to do it for a while. I think so. Um, you know, he's just, he's an awesome coach. And then the last one, emotionally, um, just making sure we're checked in, um, kind of goes along with mentally, but, um, just really, you know, locking into our bodies and locking into who we are as people. Um, really, you know, I just told you before we got on this, uh, podcast, um, how I, how I did a little, a little bit of yoga today and just, just doing stuff like that and really taking care of our bodies and, making sure there's, you know, 10, 15 minutes that we have throughout the day to just, you know, put our phones away and really check into ourselves and understand, you know, the people that we need to contact, the people that we love uh, most in this world. And, you know, I think if, you know, you check all three of those boxes at the end of the day and, you know, if you can do that, then, you know, I've, for me, um, that's kind of how I um, measure out my day and, um, but you know, when it's all said and done, if I just do the things that I feel like I need to do, do the right thing, which is what being a quarterback in my opinion is all about. Right. Um, then I should, I should be pretty good. I think, you know, going back to the, back to the footwork and the drops, I'll, I'll never forget when we had Philip Rivers out here for a couple of days. Um, when, you know, before the combine, we were training for that is when we were dropping, um, you know, all the quarterbacks are doing it, me, Josh and Kyle. Um, we're just kind of going through the motions and, right. um, sometimes it's, it's really good to get another pair of eyes watching you. And he was like, he was like one thing. If, and we all asked him at the end, like, what's the one thing we could all get better at as a group? And without hesitation, he was like, speed up the drops, you know, be game, you know, get back, get back, yeah. make it game-like. And I think that's the biggest thing is because if you make it game-like, then you're never wasting a rep. Right. And I think that's. I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, Philip talked to us about. Um, and then from there on out, it was, you know, making every single rep game-like. And um, that's really every single time I go out to train, 
um, whether it's, you know, on the field or even if it's in the weight room, pretend everyone's watching, you know, that it's a game every single time. And if you train like that, um, if you live your life like that, then I think you're good. You know, the person who thinks like that is just going to continue to put themselves in the right position and, you know, going back to what I said in the beginning, just doing the right thing and doing everything a hundred percent with full effort. Um, yeah, we're going to make a mistake every now and then, but, you know, getting right back on our feet and trying it again and, um, correcting that mistake, um, however many reps it takes. Right. And, and you, you know, you talk about Josh Allen and you two getting hyped up top of the draft. I mean, what's it like, you know, your competitors, but also if you've, you've built a bond, I mean, these last few months preparing for the same thing and, and the same type of journey. And you guys will both go on different paths. How's it been working with Josh Allen? It's been awesome, man. I mean, Josh is such a cool guy. Uh, uh, we have similar personalities. We're, we're kind of weird at our core. Um, <laughs> we're just, we're just weirdos who like to joke around. And, um, but at the same time, when it's time to be serious, we can lock in. So, um, just very similar personalities. We want to, we want to achieve the same things. Um, it's just, it's cool to be able to train with a guy like that and knowing that we have no control of what happens on April 26th. Um, so just knowing that and knowing that we have no control over what happens, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's never going to be awkward with us, right. you know, because it's, I mean, because it could easily get like that if one guy really wants to be better than the other. And obviously we want to be better than the other and we want to push each other. But, you know, if if we're both trying our hardest and, you know, we're able to joke around, mess around at times, um, but at the same time lock in when we need to lock in, you know, it's never it's ne- there's never going to be that awkward tension or um, anything like that when we both understand and um, realize that there's really nothing in our control um, when it comes to the draft. Right. Um, the only thing we can control is how well we play, um, you know, our game tape, obviously, and then, you know, what we show at the combine and what we show uh, at our pro days. And then obviously in these meetings, um, which are obviously a really big deal, too. Yeah, that's what's been so cool is seeing you two support each other. I mean, because for the rest of your careers, you both will be linked together. You know, it's a competition mm-hmm. throughout this whole journey. And it's just going to be amazing to watch. I think both of you have taken a great step this offseason, getting prepared, doing the right things with your body, and getting really ready for the next step. I mean, this is such an exciting time for you. I mean, have, do you look at the draft and say, man, I'd, I'd, oh, what if I go there? I'd love to go there. Do you not dive into that? But also, what's your mindset <laughs> going, going into the draft? Yeah, man, I, I, I try not to dive into that. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, but at the same time, I mean, sometimes I can't help myself, you know, when I, when I'm watching sports center or, you know, NFL network, which I try to stay away from as much as possible. Um, but, but when I'm, but when I'm watching those shows and I see all these, you know, mock drafts or the draft order, I always think about, Oh, like, what if I land there? Um, but at the same time, it's like, and I always talk to this, um, talk about this with people, um, especially now going through the process. Like, so if I don't get picked number one with Cleveland, then they obviously didn't want me. And so it's like, it's something, you know, whereas college and recruiting, um, the student athlete is picking where he wants to go, where he or she wants to go. Right. And then in professional sports with a draft, like the NFL, it's, you know, a team picking the guy that they want. And I, I honestly like it better that way. 
you know, I'd rather I'd rather go to a team that wants me rather than me choosing a team and them not maybe wanting me as much. So um, I think whether I go number one to Cleveland or, you know, whether I fall at the end of the first round or whatever it is, you know, I'll be happy wherever I go because they wanted me. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that I realize is without having control over, you know, anything that happens in the draft um, and who picks me, I'll just be happy to go wherever I go because I'm, I know at the end of the day that they wanted to pick me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers, how it worked out for him. You know, I look at guys, I tell Logan Woodside all the time, it doesn't matter when you get drafted. A lot of times it's where and with what coach and who can develop you. There's so many factors that go into it. Totally. You know, and but I know you have the right head on your shoulders. You've been working your tail off getting ready this. All I say is, man, just enjoy this process. It comes around one time. Enjoy it with the family. Wow. Wow. What a show. And to think, the guy is going to get drafted here very soon. To who? We will soon find out. Uh, Cleveland's sitting there with the number one overall pick. I think if Cleveland goes with Sam Darnold, I I don't think the Giants... Uh, pick a quarterback. Even watch that the Giants might trade out a number two. You never know. Maybe Buffalo trades up, tries to get Josh Allen. Who knows? But if Cleveland goes with Josh Allen, then look for the Giants to take Sam Darnold. You never know. That's what's exciting about the NFL draft. All four of us coming at you soon, and you heard it from Chris Sims, Joe Thomas, and Sam Darnold. A great show for you today. On grad school, the Bruce Gradkowski podcast. Tune in on my Twitter, bgradkowski5, uh, as I analyze all these top picks and these quarterbacks and where they go and what situations they go to. Thanks again for tuning in, and let's get ready for this draft. I'm excited for these guys. You guys have a good one. Have a beer for me.